the withdrawer hears feedback as failure. Feedback doesn't equal like opportunity. It, it means that there's a lack of ability or there is a, because withdrawers just like pursuers are trying their best. Their best though tells them that they have to get it right on the first try. Yeah. And then it also freezes them up to even attempt at times when they don't know what the answer is. I'm Angela. And I'm Chad. And we discuss issues that couples face in everyday life. Then we set you up to have a conversation with your partner that's designed to bring you closer together. This is the Connecting Couples podcast with the real Hoffs. Real conversations for a real connection. All right. So in this episode, we're going to take some time and talk about some of the drawbacks or the, the negative attributes of being a withdrawer and kind of what the costs are, well, you know, how that lands in, in relationship, but also like how withdrawers kind of get left with this mess that they don't really know how to handle or deal with. Uh, it's going to be a really kind of fun time for me. I told Angela we could skip this one. Uh, we didn't even have to do it. Uh, but she said, no, no, we wouldn't want to withdraw her to feel left out. So we're going to make sure we uh, really cover true. all the points. We that, point that out we get all the ways with. their yeah. strategies work against them. Yeah. Just like we just did with the pursuer. I know, I know, I know. I, I think, I think, uh, I think this is, this actually leads into one of the things that um, I think about with withdrawers. It's like, to not ever get negative, negative is the wrong word, to never get the feedback we need really leaves us without um, opportunity to grow. Uh, I want to clarify, even as you say feedback, because in my mind, I'm like, I give you feedback all the time. I'm a pursuer. But I think really to not get responded to in your pain or to not get seen in those deeper emotions that withdrawers withdraw to protect some of that stuff, but then that very stuff that needs resolve or needs response never gets it because it stays hidden or because it stays avoided. Is that what you're trying to say? No, not really. Oh. I'm saying that withdrawers really don't get feedback. Like they don't, like, even if you give me feedback, I'm going, oh, I either failed, which means I'm not mm. good. So then I can't apply my... So you can't take in the feedback? Yes. Yeah. Is the feedback comes as it only really hears, we only hear it as like criticism. Because in my heart, I'm like, I hear you saying that I need to clarify more. <laughs> like all of a sudden I turn this, okay, pursuers, just like me, <laughs> you are going to have to really try hard to not make this about you, the pursuer. Okay. Chad is trying really hard to explain something about withdrawers and I'm just going to listen you know, and try to you understand. You don't have to correct me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but I'm like. That word feedback just hits me because I think, holy smokes, it's all a pursuer does is give feedback. What's missing? I know. Well, the thing that's missing is the withdrawer hears feedback as failure. Feedback doesn't equal like opportunity. It, it means that there's a lack of ability or there is a, mm. because withdrawers just like pursuers are trying their best. Their best though tells them that they have to get it right on the first try. Yeah. And then it also freezes them up to even attempt at times when they don't know what the answer is. I want to ask for clarity because this is such an interesting thing. We do workshops, yeah. Chad and I do marriage workshops and we do even this podcast. There's a lot of stuff that we do where we ask our participants and our viewers and our listeners to give us feedback. And I'm always like, oh, look, we got positive feedback or somebody like this, or these are the things we did good. And Chad inevitably will say, 
Well, somebody give us some hard feedback or critical feedback or places where we could get, yeah, which I think is a little bit different than pursuers and majors normally, I thought, acted because pursuers are the ones that are looking for where we need to run more efficiently. But I think post-performance, pursuers feel like they got it right. Yeah. And withdrawers want to know, how did I get that wrong? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Well, okay. I, I think... I We're think understanding with, withdrawers more today, folks. Well, I think withdrawers are going kind of pretty consistently into this place of like, oh, I screwed that up. I screwed that up. I mean, I can think of a hundred things that I've done in the last six months that I'm like, I analyzed the two, the two mess ups right in in the process and i'm like oh i shouldn't have done this oh i shouldn't have done that oh i should practice more oh i should and it's like so withdrawal really goes into themselves with that feedback and says oh man i messed that up oh i'm not it's interesting because i think that pursuer hope we've talked about immediately puts our brain into the into the future yeah and how it's going to go well in the future and we don't i don't maybe there's some pursuers out there that do get run a little bit by their past and their mistakes but but we tend to go, okay, I'm just going to use that and it's going to help me do better next time, better next time, better next time. Yeah. But I hear you and I have heard a lot of withdrawers get, I don't know, they stuck is maybe not the right way to word, but really spend a lot of time analyzing where I've gotten it wrong, how I'm getting it wrong. We joked before yeah. in one of our previous episodes about how pursuers feel like withdrawers are getting it wrong and withdrawers feel like withdrawers are getting it wrong. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we all feel. But I, I do. I think it's just one of these things. It's, it's kind of crazy making to think, oh, my gosh, I missed one thing. And so, therefore, I, I should not have mm. attempted. Like, if I forget, we use that milk story sometimes. But if I forgot the milk, yeah. oh, my gosh, I've messed up. I failed. Somehow I've, I'm not acceptable in relationship. Whereas, like, Angela forgets the meal, milk. And she's like, yeah, so what? Chad, go get the milk. <laughs> you know, or whatever. Well, even in our examples yeah. from our pursuer episode that we just did, if you do the dishes, I don't come back and say, oh, look, you did the dishes. Good job. I'm like, why are you the forks pointing up? Somebody's going to impale themselves. You yeah. need to put all the food stuff. Or whatever. Whatever the like, thing is. Like, whatever yeah. the thing is, it, it is that our cycle tends to double down on the withdrawers precision to not necessarily what's right or that it even got done, but did it get done the way the pursuer wanted it to? Yeah. And withdrawers are out there trying their best to please the pursuer. The last thing a withdrawer wants to do is set off their pursuer. Right. So the message that withdrawers get around conflict is that it's bad. It's like if we have a fight or if we, if we get into a place where I'm correcting you or I'm getting corrected, that means trouble. I am in trouble if I didn't yeah. get it right. The feedback, and that goes back to my first point, like like literally withdrawers have such a hard time getting feedback. I don't think it's hard for a withdrawer normally to adjust based on their own feedback, right? They go into their head and they're like, okay, I'm going to practice more. I'm going to do this more. I'm going to work harder in this way or that way. But I'm like, man, when somebody else notices my, my failings or shortcomings, it really sends me into this, ugh, I'm no good, which then I lose it's connection. And it's not going to take me to closeness, right? And I'm going to end up eventually on a larger scale, failing in the whole conversation about the feedback or maybe being distant from my wife or being distant from other folks that, that I need to be able to engage with. 
I want to talk for a second about attachment strategies. You know, yeah. a pursuer tends to have an anxious attachment. Yeah. So I need you to need me. I need you to be around. There is this always constant bid for closeness, and that is one of the underlying strategies. But an avoidant strategy, which a lot of withdrawers are, there tends to be an underlying motivation that not only maybe are you better off the other person better yeah. off without me, but I'm better off by myself too. And that's such a miss because withdrawers want to be connected to somebody also, you know, like you long to bond, just you're a human like the rest of us, you long to bond. But sometimes that internal message, opposite of a pursuer thinking they're too much, the message is, Maybe I'm failing. Maybe I'm not enough or I'm inadequate or I'm not getting it right or I'm making this worse. I yeah. should go away. Yeah. No, and I, and I think it, it is, man. It's it's such a hard space for a withdrawer to say, I can hang in there with this or I can fight for this because it, it really does. It says I, I'm better off, you know, just disengaging from from whatever the conflict is. And really, we're talking about couples. So I mean, if me and Angela in our fight, my brain just says, okay, we should let this calm down like this, to push in will not resolve. And so then I say, maybe I'm the problem because I don't have the answers. But I'm like, also, maybe maybe like she should calm down. And then we will be okay. This isn't going to be yeah. helpful. Yeah. if I engage when she's like this. Yeah. Well, and there is a fear that withdrawers have of themselves. Yeah. You know, that says if I engage, how am I going to look? How am I going to act? Am I going to say things that I'll regret? Do I, am I going to do things that I'll regret? Yeah. You know, there's this like, I don't really like me and I really don't like this. And so it's like, we'll just go away with that. Yeah. And, and so that, that oh, leaves them alone. Well, yeah. they, then it's maddening because withdrawers, literally, how do you measure yourself? Like you want that positive feedback. Yeah. But then if you can't take it in, Right. You can't take or in any you feedback. You never get it because yeah. the pursuer strategy is to point out what's wrong, not to praise what's good. Yeah. So you're not getting your need met either. Yeah. But I'm, I know I don't want to. It's not a pursuer's fault, though. Yeah. Right. Like if I can't take in the negative, if I can't hear the, the, the opportunity for growth, I'm saying that in a positive way. But if I can't yeah. hear that, then I'm not going to grow. I'm going to stay stagnant and be redundantly failing. Mm. Right. I'm going to be redundantly messing up and. And. And internally, I got to know, and most, most withdrawers do, that like what I'm doing is not perfect. It can't be. You know, we all have flaws and places we miss. And so it's, it's maddening also for the withdrawer because it's like, hey, I'm going to withdraw, 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 go away from that feedback, that, that information that comes from my partner. And eventually I'm like, well, wait, I feel just completely disconnected from everybody. And so then they're, they're lost in this thing. And then, then you find these withdrawers and I'm not, not knocking them, but they use this strategy of like, oh, I can go to a drink Something or I can else. go to fishing or I can go to working on cars or working on, and they, you Where find them in the garage. Where they're finding comfort yeah. somewhere else. We go back to that strategy that we talked about when we were talking about the good things that withdrawers yeah. do. They are self-reliant. They learn how to comfort themselves sometimes to a fault of the relationship and their deeper longing. They long to connect, but fishing or drinking or some of the other go-to things that withdrawers can find themselves reading a book, getting lost in a book, or yep. even there are times when Chad is 10 Consumer Reports articles deep into trying to research. That's a way to go away. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so those things don't get them the connection that they long for. Right. And I, and I got to tell you, like the more you go away or go into the thing, 
the more you kind of start to find comfort there, the less you're engaged with the relationship. And then the more you, it's kind of self-fulfilling, right? The more I go to, and I'll use something semi-benign, you know, like I want to go redo a hot rod or something. I've got friends who do that. And I'm like, oh, if, if I go work on my car every night and every weekend and I disengage from my family, well, I'm not getting criticized over there anymore, but how do you think I feel about being out in the garage and working on this car all the time? I'm like, I'm pretty much sure that I don't know how to be in a family. Like mm. the withdrawers left with that message that it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Oh, I'm not good at this. Oh, I'm not good at this. Oh, I'm a failure. I'm a failure. Well, I'll just go away. If I go away, then maybe it'll all cool off. But the problem is every time they come back, they still don't know how to engage mm. the deeper places. And it's not that they don't want to. That's the other thing. Withdrawers, when they go to the garage, I'm going to use that as my metaphor, but when they go to the garage, they, they're not out there not thinking. They're tr just trying to distract from all the stuff that they're pretty sure they've screwed up. And so I it's love, a really hard place. I love that you're even saying that. I think it's important for me as a pursuer to hear because there's this you know, error that I can think, which is, well, just come on in the house and engage with me. I'd love to have a conversation with you. <laughs> but that actually that internal message is I'm not good at that. I'm not going to get it right. It's not going to be a benefit. It's easier for me to just stay out here, even though I'm lonely and I'd rather connect. Chances are I'm going to fail at that. And yeah. it is safer for me to be out here and not failing at that. It's better for our relationship if I don't fail yeah. at our relationship. I was going to say better sounds better yeah. than safer because it's like, it feels like the right option. Yeah. Especially to, but it's like, it does not play out. It confirms the worst parts. And I want to even go into similar to what we did in the last episode, specific strategies and how they backfire. Yeah. Because just like we talked about in the, here's all the things we love about our withdrawer episode the exact things that we love. Let's talk about humor for a second. Yeah. Humor is great when applied at the perfect timing, <laughs> but in the middle of distress, if things are really bad and a uh, withdrawer tries to land humor, sometimes it just isn't, it can't be yeah. taken in. It's like, Man. Oh, are you going to try humor right now or see how you're using humor to avoid? And so, well, and every strategy, every single strategy has a cost. Yeah. Every single like protective strategy has a cost to it. So if I make a joke in the middle of a serious conversation and when generally it would create levity, especially at like, let's say Thanksgiving, we've used that analogy. <laughs> like I can joke at Thanksgiving and everybody goes, ha, 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 ha. socially, even if they didn't want to stop, they all laugh. Maybe but, it's appreciated in that moment. But in, when it's me and you having a talk in our room, right. And it's something that you need me or, or feel an urge to be responded to. Right. Yeah. Like I'm like, and then I try to make that same joke that might've worked other places. It really just serves to say, I don't care or that we're disconnected, yeah. which is not my intent, yeah. but intent doesn't matter because that's the message that gets it's sent. It's such a go-to strategy. I mean, I can even think about times when Chad and I were having conversations at a deeper level and Chad was trying to share his heart with me. And as his heart started to get exposed, and even in my trying to respond to what he was exposing, it still was getting deeper and touching something that we hadn't discussed before. And then here comes that humor and pops us right back out of that deeper place. It's almost yeah. like there is this understanding that in this deeper place where I might not have all the answers or I might not know, or I might show a weakness or inadequacy, which why would I do that if I'm as the withdrawer known for wanting to be heroic or wanting to come in and have the answer or wanting to solve the problem or wanting to get it right. 
I'm about to expose to you a weakness. And as I even try to cognitively let you into a deeper place, here comes that strategy. Yeah. Humor pops us right back out of that place or some sort of different, yep. you know what, like internally, let's not talk about this actually. I think I'll change the topic. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't know pursuers or withdrawers. I don't know very many of them that are really aware of this unless they've worked on it. Yeah. And so to, for even what we're talking about, like most pursuers, I included, don't know when I'm going to go make a joke to get out of a deeper place. Yeah. I don't, we're just not that self-aware. Most, most people aren't. It's like you said a couple episodes ago, I just relied on what I felt or thought and my gut instinct tells me to do this thing. So I do it and I don't have to think about it, but gosh, withdrawers guys, if we don't men and women, there are lots of female withdrawers, but if we don't start to examine the process that we're in, it ends up running us. We are literally trying to stay out of deep places. And yet our whole life ends up being run by what we feel what we, what we yeah. kind of have going on in our gut because that gut response sends us right to our head and then we're doing something that if we were able to really kind of engage with it and, and think it through, we would realize does not work. It literally leaves our relationships abandoned and alone yeah. and leaves us stuck with an unworkable situation. The more I withdraw, the more likely I am to fail at the very thing that I'm trying to protect. Mm. And so it's really kind of crazy making for withdrawers if they start to slow down and look at it because they go, oh, oh, whoa, whoa, this doesn't work. And while it does in some context, Thanksgiving, it doesn't work in our close relationships. And it doesn't work when we need a response ourselves. A lot of times we see the pursuer as needing responsiveness, but man, those withdrawers, they, they need responsiveness too. And so when I feel bad, then I also take that away. Yeah. And so then it, it tells my partner that I don't need them. By dealing with all, all my emotion or by not sharing what's going on inside me, it leaves me alone and tells my partner I don't need them. Which is really hard for a pursuer because we do so much, we kind of understand that we are needed. Like well, even the internal thought is, no, no, you need me. Don't not need me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you think about this, like uh, if, if I never show you my kind of distress yeah. or struggle, right? It kind of says something about you also. It says, Hey, maybe you're too much, but when in fact yeah. I have the same struggle, I'm a human, right? Let's talk about that for a second. Cause that is another way that the strategy backfires. The exact thing that you're explaining, which is that I don't necessarily need you sometimes implies, well, maybe it's because you're not safe or yeah. maybe it's because I can't trust you. Or yeah. maybe it's because any of these other reasons that pursuers can add meaning to that might not be the intent, but that's how it's taken in. Yeah. And I have said to Chad before, no, I'm really safe. I want you to just share your heart with me right now. You know, I'm ready to coach it up or whatever. Let's and do I'm it. Like, Come on. I'm ready. I want to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I'm not too safe. But still, yeah. there is that double message that gets sent or that mixed message that gets sent that I want you to be stoic, but I also want you to be tender or I want you to be, you know, funny, but not at the wrong time. Well, or, we, you know, we all want some combination of this. I yeah. think what really gets nasty and, and for couples, you know, for, for y'all listen, and what really gets nasty is if you only stay in one side of your protective strategy and your partner stays in the other side, then you can see how these two messages really start to play off and inform the negative views we have of ourselves. Yeah. And so it's like by me not expressing or showing 
need, right? It says, it really says to my partner that they're not important, that they're not valuable. And so it really enforces that they need to either do more if that's their strategy. Again, I'm talking from a withdrawer's point of view to a pursuer that tells that pursuer, do more, be busier, show more, engage more, tell me more. And it's like, I'm literally enforcing the strategies. Yeah, Yeah. You can see how they link. I mean, it's hard to even talk about one without the other because my kind of managing and not needing and not engaging really tells you that you're not important, that I don't need you, that you're not worth it, whatever the thing is, which then activates your strategy, which says, bah. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about another one before we head into the connect point. And that is in the, you know, here are the great things about a withdrawer. We talked about their willingness to go along with our strategy, Mm -hmm. go along with our plan, that they're flexible, that they're like, all right, I'll do it that way because that's the way you want it done and I don't want to create conflict. But that's in the positive cycle. When we're connected, when we're secure, withdrawers go along, they're our you know, teammate and they really help us out. But in distress, when we're in the middle of possibly a disconnected you know, conflict, what we see or what they're doing is placating or capitulating or you know, just trying to do it to decrease and it doesn't land well. So the very move that they can use in a moment and it works great backfires for them in another moment. And that's what we're trying to really point out with all these strategies, which is unfair for both pursuers and withdrawers because then you're like, when can I land this strategy? You know, like our bodies keep trying and you can see the effort that that withdrawer is making. We're in the middle of distress. She's asking me to do the thing and I'm just going to do the thing. Only then the pursuer possibly says, well, you're not wanting to do the thing. You're only doing it to make me, or whatever. Don't you want to do, I want you to want to do the dishes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So then even your motivation gets criticized, which is crazy making for a withdrawer because they're like, you just told me that you wanted me to do this and now I'm doing the thing you wanted me to do. Yeah. How am I getting that wrong for you? Yeah. I know it was a couple of uh, episodes ago that we were recording and I was like, okay, Chad, we got to do the intro. And I said, okay, I'm Angela. And Chad's like, and I'm Chad. I'm like, no, no, that's, that's too slow. Come in faster. And I was like, I'm Angela. He's like, and I'm Chad. And I'm like, no, that was too fast. Okay. I need you to come in with like some energy. And he was like, I'm Chad. I'm like, no, no, that's too much energy. I mean, we, we probably did like seven of them. And at some point Chad is like, I just don't know what you want from me, but I'm trying so hard. Now, after all that feedback, <laughs> just act natural. Just act natural. <laughs> and I think it's such a great, I mean, we use our stuff all the time as yeah. examples, but I think it's a great thing. I'm over here going, Chad, I want you to just, you know, present your best tone and your best voice and your best pace and all the things. And I'm over here criticizing it and telling you how to do it on the production side of this a lot of the times. And he's over there just trying to get it right for me, not knowing even the difference between one tone or another tone sometimes. And that's, I think, something that is unfair for withdrawers is a lot of times we'll think it's malicious. A pursuer will think you are intentionally (laughs) trying to make this You're just messing with me now. Yeah. You're intentionally trying to make this go bad. And I guarantee you that there is no withdrawer out there that is intentionally trying to make things go bad. Probably not. <laughs> you can't even, you can't even like give assurance. Just probably. Uh, it's probably not. I, <laughs> I'm not, there's always that outlier, right? But I'm like, for the most part. Yeah. Okay, wait, I'll, I'll put a disclaimer here. If, if you're trying to make your relationship go bad, you should probably have a conversation about whether or not you should be in the relationship. <laughs> but I don't think for the most part that 
pursuers or withdrawers are trying yeah. to make it go bad. They're both just doing whatever their gut tells them to do. And, and yeah. the reason we're pointing all this out isn't to say, oh, withdrawers are so bad or so good or pursuers are so bad or good. This has nothing to do with that. No. This is all about can we start to understand each other's strategies and give each other a little bit of, I guess, grace or empathy around these things. Man, it is hard to do relationship. People say, you know, that relationships, oh, this and that, and it's so many things. But most of the time, I think we undersell, you know, if you want to have a great relationship, how much energy and effort you need to put into it. Yeah. And so even a secure relationship yeah. where their bond is good and they have an ability to articulate what's happening for them, still get in cycles, yep. still have to do work, yep. still have to do maintenance, still have to talk about the process but anything and make that, repairs. Yeah. Anything that's going to be great, you have to do some work on. Yeah. And so, so let's get into the yeah, connect let's do point. It. The connect point is designed to help you have a different conversation about how you experience your relationship. Small adjustments lead to big change over time. Take some time to practice with us now. So in this connect point, we're going to ask you to take a few minutes and just try to connect with what it's like to be that withdrawer. Can you have a little bit of empathy and understanding for the withdrawers world and kind of the trap that they get stuck in? I want to just make a point to say as a pursuer, even listening to you in this whole episode, there was this part about how you were discussing it that I filtered through my response to everything you were saying. It's hard for a pursuer. To, yeah. For me to step into your experience and not to be in the outside looking in. And that's what for myself in this situation and for you, the listener, if you're the pursuer, instead of what I was doing, which was like on the outside looking at the withdrawer, trying to figure out all the ways that you could do it differently so that you could feel better about life, <laughs> um, really try to understand what is happening for them and what they're experiencing in some of those deeper messages, the meanings and the stories that they're telling themselves about themselves. Uh, that's really what, what we want to try to help you understand more. One quick little caveat that I want to throw in here as we're sitting here thinking about it, I'm like, withdrawers really are focused so much inward and, and in their own kind of like messages about like, I can't get this right. I can't do this. I might be okay or, or fine alone, but they don't ever, I want to say withdrawers really try to get it right for everybody. And so any feedback feels like failure. I mean, it's a weird statement, but it's not like I'm trying to get it or withholding from my pursuing partner. Or so is even doing possibly doing this connect point going to be exposing or hard? It might be. Yeah. 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 So just be aware of that as you have this conversation that we're trying to politely have empathy for our withdrawer and not necessarily expose some of the stuff that we're talking about. There you go. And now it's time for you to go connect with your partner. Thanks so much for listening to us. If you've enjoyed this podcast, one of the best things you can do for us is to share it with another couple that you think could benefit from it. You can rate us and give us a review on your listening platform, and you can follow us on our Facebook page, The Real Emhoffs. If you want to support our nonprofit that makes resources available for couples, you can check out the Ways to Give tab on our website, therealemhoffs.com. We love to hear from our listeners, so feel free to message or email us with ideas you might like us to talk about or the ways that our ConnectPoint conversations are impacting your relationship. Thanks, Thanks again. again.